0: Welcome to The Brave Place, where we journey into the lives of brave men and women who have beat the odds or who are in the trenches right now. Difference makers who have truly discovered the warrior that lives within and are living it out. This is the place that will inspire, encourage, enlighten, and challenge that brave person that lives deep down within all of us. Welcome back to another episode of The Brave Place. This is Christy Rodriguez, and I am sitting here with one of my favorite people on the planet, Jennifer Renee Watson. Uh, She's the author of the book Freedom, which is the gutsy pursuit of breakthrough and the life beyond it. And I can tell you, if you are looking for any kind of freedom in your life today... This is the podcast for you, so stick with us. And just to give you a little backdrop on Jennifer, uh, she is the author of this book, plus she is the co-host of More Than Small Talk podcast, and she is an image consultant for the breakthrough you need in life and business. Jennifer lives with her husband and two children in Northwest Arkansas, and, and she loves red lipstick, which I think I put on red lipstick in 1988 in Glamour Shots. And that may have been the last time. So, Jennifer, welcome to The Brave Place. I'm so pumped to have you here today.
1: I'm so excited that I'm here with you in real life.
0: I, mean, I know. I know. How
1: crazy is that?
0: I know. COVID has just really affected these moments right. of meeting up for sure. For sure. So this is special. Just Jennifer and myself. I want to talk about today, obviously, freedom. This book you have, The Gutsy Pursuit of Breakthrough and the Life Beyond It. And I want to talk about brokenness and how sometimes we can sit in that and how do we move past that and how do we even know parts of ourselves that are broken and how do we battle it? So, first I want to talk about what you say about brokenness. We wear it like a badge, proudly showing off the shattered pieces of our lives while still fighting the same desperate battles. But brokenness was never meant to be the destination or your identity, I love that. It was meant to be the catalyst for breakthrough. Tell the listeners where you're coming from on that. Right,
1: well I realized, um, I've been in ministry for 21 years and I realized that I was unpacking a lifetime of baggage in the spotlight of leadership while everybody was watching. And so I realized I was circling the same issues. And I think that we do make really good friends with our baggage, like it becomes tethered to our identity. Mm. And so I was like, no, that's, that's the the breaking point is the beginning. But a lot of people feel like they're defined by their mistakes or mishaps, all of the things from the past, when those are what attaches us to our true purpose and calling. Mm. So A lot of things that we usually felt so ashamed of become like our platform. So I feel like baggage becomes a platform Mm. that you stand on because Jesus helps you get over it. And so I realized that I was magnifying the same issues, talking about the same things. And I was like, that's not healing. Mm. If I'm still in the same stuck place, Mm -hmm. then I have work to do. And so I really wanted to write this book from that place of not magnifying our brokenness, but showing you where that could be a really good beginning. And and I can totally
0: relate to that. I mean,
1: just with my own brokenness where
0: I have found freedom in, in major areas of my life. You know, when you say I kept talking about it, yeah, that stuck place meaning there's still no resolution. You're still complaining
1: right. about it. Yes, right. So we either want to break up with our baggage or we want to, like, camp out there forever. Mm. But that's when we're stuck. So I think that breakthrough is really about letting go and forgiving. And so what I say in the book is that with forgiveness, a lot of us have soul wounds that come from other people. A lot of the times we have places that are attached to our pain, like maybe where you felt rejected or wherever it is. So that becomes so interwoven into our stories that we can't really... We don't know who we are without that, mm-hmm. but I think that it's not supposed to define us. It's supposed to show us how we need God. Every broken moment in our life leads to an area of breakthrough, and instead of running from that is what we do. Like, we can either talk about it and complain about it, or we can run head-on into it and mm-hmm. deal with our pain. That is not easy. So I I'll often say people will say, how do I know that I'm not— healed or that I'm not over something and I say every time you talk about a moment or something that happened and it stings meaning it still hurts when you talk about it and something rises up within you and you're just you're still hurt you're not over it so forgiveness for ourselves and others is kind of like a repeat as often as necessary until it sticks so it's not a one and done thing there's going to be things that surface in our lives and that doesn't mean that we're hopelessly broken or we are hanging on to old wounds it means that we're human and things are going to surface but what do we want to do when it surfaces what i hear
0: there too is it's letting go of maybe that shame yes, too yeah whenever um, i think about things of my past whether it be you know addiction i come from alcoholism um, personal addiction to that and and other vices sexual sin there were things that i knew that i would take to my grave right i was like heck no i'm not sharing any of yeah. that but really what I found was the key, and it goes along with what you're saying, mm-hmm. to my healing and overcoming these addictions had so much to do with exactly what you're saying, forgiveness. Yeah. It had to do with confession. Um, that confession piece really took away a lot of the shame because mm-hmm. you know I had someone looking at me and saying, hey, despite these things, you're still a beautiful child of God. And I think so many times we, we are afraid to share Parts of our story, either things we've done Mm -hmm. or things that have been done to us because of maybe fear of what other people will say or think, but also it keeps us stuck. Right, right. I know for me, too, part of that was I had to go and look at all the people I had wronged and either lied to or just wronged, and I had to ask for forgiveness, and it was very humbling Um, but it was also freeing. And then, and I had to do the same for myself. So I want to go there with you, you know, as much as you're willing to open up about Mm -hmm. with your own story and you needing to let go of some of that shame Mm -hmm. or reveal some of these things. And just talk to me a little bit about your journey through that.
1: So um, I was brought up to know and love the Lord, but I came from a broken home. My dad was an alcoholic. Um, He was abusive. He was not always that guy. Um, But as his pain progressed physically, um, everything kind of caught up with him. And so I watched alcoholism take over in his life. But I also felt like I shared his last name. So there was a lot of shame in I wanted to know his story. And I asked my mom to be honest with me and tell me. So there's moments where you might be, your kid might say, well, tell me what really happened. And when they ask that, they really want to know, but then they have to deal with it. Mm. So I had to carry someone else's shame and it didn't belong to me, but as a as a 13-year-old kid, we don't want to out our truth. It was like this cover-up artist, you know? Mm. We don't want to say, hey, I'm insecure and I'm verbally abused or physically abused. That inner mean girl lived in my head for way too long and would feed me lies about who I was, things that that I took with me into adulthood. You're never going to be good enough if you're not smart enough. No one's going to want to marry you because your family's like crazy. Well, we're all crazy. And the more (laughs) that you travel, the more that you see people, you know that every single family has an element of dysfunction. So we're human and that's okay. But we are so quick to attach shame to our stories when shame li- lives in secrets, but, like, when God shines his light on it, that's where breakthrough happens. That's when advancement comes because every single broken thing is opportunity. Mm, I love it that that's how you look at that.
0: You know, and I think that's interesting what you say about your dad with the verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, they say what we tell our kids is what they think about yes. themselves. Right. And that is so hard to overcome. Right does it mean it can't be overcome? Absolutely not. But it's, it's really a matter of taking our thoughts captive. And so when we're talking about freedom and and living in that place and not in this victim mindset, you know, because that's what I see in a stuck person. Now, let me just be fully honest. There are areas in my life that I am stuck, Mm -hmm. you know, which is, I really enjoyed your book so much because I, I took notes like nobody's business. And, I don't want to be in those stuck places. I want to live in solution. I don't want to be in a victim mentality and be rehearsing or or be saying this thing over and over again. So talk to me practically in a daily life Mm -hmm. for anyone listening right now who feels stuck and they're going, well, how do I get unstuck? I mean, I'm hearing you talk about you got to forgive, you got to confess, you know, get your stuff out there to take that shame away. But at the end of the day, just like you said, every day you're you're pursuing this freedom. Right. So what does
1: that practically look like on a daily basis in your life? It's God dependency. The expectations that we have on ourselves are ridiculously high, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we need a savior, but there's still something in us that says I need to do this on my own. Mm. It's just not possible. We were we were created to worship him and to need him. And so all of that self-sufficiency kind of goes down the crapper. And it's really, (laughs) sorry, you can edit that out. Um, Something in practical life, Jeannie Mayo says this, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Who are you surrounding yourself
0: with? Are you
1: surrounding yourself with people who are smarter and stronger and more advanced in their faith to challenge you? Are you surrounding yourself with people who are negative Nancys and everything that comes out of their mouth is just like toxic? So we become like whoever we hang around with, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that entire element of who we surround ourselves matters. Mm -hmm. So what do you do when those, that inner mean girl,
0: when those thoughts just start flying in your head?
1: Well, I think quoting scripture is always a go to, even if it's just one verse that says, you know, I'm made in the image of God. A switch in our mindset to where we start um, replacing lies with truth changing that dialogue to where the enemy knows he can't use that trick on me anymore like he can try but I'm going to replace everything that he throws at me and whether it's it's the enemy or just our flesh and comparison and all of those things I just really call things out and say don't go there I'm a four on the Enneagram we like to sit in pain we like to listen to (laughs) like moody music and cry and all of those things but with our lives and our stories we can do the same thing and we have the power to change that with our mindset Mm -hmm. with our words, with what we're saying to ourselves, that inner dialogue.
0: You know, I think about what Paul said where he says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of Mm -hmm. your mind. And when I hear that, I'm just like transformed by the renewing of my mind. That means I have the power to renew my mind Mm -hmm. and take thoughts captive. And, And if I've got the enemy, the accuser, day and night, then, you know, that's why Jesus says he is our daily bread because we need him every day, 24 hours a day, um, because we are being accused constantly.
1: Right. Well, I um, am a big fan of prayer journaling and I'm also a big fan of like index cards and writing down scriptures. So if I'm struggling with something and this just practical things like get three truths like three scriptures that you can just put in front of you day and day out. A lot of times we want to overcomplicate our relationship with the Lord and like we're supposed to do this amount of time in prayer this amount of time in the word even if it's just one scripture and one truth that you hold on to and that's all you can wrap your mind around a week that's enough. Mm -hmm. Like just continually putting that before you um, having people in your life that will speak truth something that Brene Brown says is the lie that I'm telling myself or the story that I'm telling myself is and so when I tell that to you and I say the story that I'm telling myself is I'm not good enough I'm not going to recover from this broken thing that I'm going through right now um, and that I'm not going to be okay and you would speak truth over me and all of the lies that I would believe, you would speak into those. And then all of I'll be like, okay, that's right. That's truth. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think that when we can't believe the truth ourselves, we better get somebody who can speak that over us mm. and humble ourselves in such a way that we say, I'm really struggling with this. I have a prayer warrior and I will call her and I will confess everything. I want to experience breakthrough. So I want to call it out so I can move on. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I also want to know, hey, is this okay that I'm upset about this? You know, is this just me? Is this be- me being dramatic? Is this me being a victim? Like, whatever it is, I give people permission to speak into that. Mm. Um, but they got to have some sweat equity in with me that I know that they love me. And what they are saying is usually the truth, and it's always wrapped in love. Mm. Always.
0: That is so good. And what I, I see you do is, I mean, you have that humility where you're willing to listen. So many people they they don't want to ask
1: for help. Honestly, we can't do it by ourselves. We can't. And we were not meant to. People say, "You know, how do I find that friend?" Something that Holly Gerth says that I love is that community is not something you find, it's something you build. Mm. And you have permission in your life to uninvite some really toxic people from your life, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of freedom is knowing What's toxic? What, I mean, you can love that person, but don't let them it, into the inner circles of your heart when you know that they can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. So
0: good. And, and that's another way to be a safe person. Mm-hmm. I mean, talking about trust, you know, yeah. if someone does come to you, don't go tell the whole world. Right. You know, keep it between you and that person. One thing you say in your book that you are miserable until you found your identity in Christ. Yes. And for a lot of people when they hear identity in Christ, that feels so out there, like right. what does that mean? Yeah. Tell me
1: what that means for you. Well, I want to tell you what it's not. So I really was the firstborn pleaser in my family. So everything was about, you know, doing the right thing. Performance meant that I would be loved. To be loved well meant I had to perform well. So I had to be good we're not always good. We have these like hot mess, wrecked moments. So my identity was based on the opinions of other people and how they responded to me. My identity now is on who I am in Jesus and who he has created me to be. For the longest time, I thought something is wrong with me. I shouldn't be an introvert in ministry. I should really change everything about my DNA and makeup To be more outgoing or whatever. But the thing is, how I'm hardwired by God means that I'm able to reach the people that God's called me to. So it's no longer I need to be more of this. It means I need to sit in who I am and say it is enough because God says it is. So that's where I rest.
0: Mm. What I hear you saying is that you are being true to yourself and who God created you to be. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, A lot of people ask me, what have you learned now about freedom? And I want to tell you this. Freedom is super offensive to those who are not walking in it. So meaning if you were like me, kind of coward and was really wanted to please people, when you start giving people boundaries, they do not like that. Mm. They, and so your that's growth yeah, that's true. is going to be offensive to some people and you grow anyways. That's right. That's right. Oh, it's so good.
0: One thing I want to talk about too that you say, you say, what I am facing is temporary. Mm-hmm. What I am feeling is temporary. Good things will come from this pain, even though I can't see it yet. You just shifted victim mentality mm-hmm. to solution focus mentality. right. right. So would you say in your daily life that also pops up in your head? You know, it's it's almost like yeah. an eternal perspective, too. Like right. this isn't we're just here for this moment in time in history and this isn't yeah. forever. Everything we are facing is temporary. Everything yeah. we're feeling is temporary. If we can just hold out because there are some people that are in that stuck place mm-hmm. that they just cannot wrap
1: their mind around that thought process. Right. Uh, what would you say to that? this moment when I wrote this and when I started living this, that what I'm feeling is temporary. What I'm facing is temporary. These words were my light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. This was my truth that anchored me to know that this is going to be a blip on the radar. Right now, it seems extremely overwhelming. But this is just temporary. This is not going to be my forever. This is just for right now. And when I wrap my mind around that truth, it's easier to bounce back and say, okay, yeah, this is not fun at all. I don't like this season. But something good will come out of this. And even if that's just our moment of becoming more in Him, that's certainly a really big goal to have, you Mm -hmm. know?
0: Well, I, I really don't know much of her music, but I do know this one song, and this is an old song. But it's Miley Cyrus. Yes, I'm about to oh quote. Oh my god! <laughs> no, so I Yes, I'm about to quote Miley Cyrus. <laughs> but it's her song. It says, "There's always going to be another mountain. It's not about the mountain; it's about the climb." Right. And and what I have discovered is we are constantly going to have mountains. So Mm -hmm. it's really not about the mountain. So when we're feeling completely um, hopeless or, you know, devastated on that mountain, it will pass. Yes. And, but just get ready. There's another mountain. Right. So, and that feels like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Like (laughs) that feels even more hopeless again, but no, it's about learning how, you know, I'm going to (laughs) I'm going to quote that cheesy, you know, it's not about the storm. It's about learning how to dance in the rain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's really about the climb, like Miley Cyrus said. Like Miley said. (laughs) Shout out to Miley. (laughs) But yeah, so that's what I've had to reconcile in my own life is just this mountain may feel heavy, but really I'm going to have another one. So as I'm walking through this, What can God teach me? What is he trying to show me? What is God's purpose for this in my life? Because there is some kind of shaping and molding and maturing and strengthening. Right. You know, I think most people will say when they look back on things that have happened in their life, even to them that were unfair, if they have overcome those things, They will use those things as a powerful tool right. to bring life and freedom into other people's lives. I mean, Christine Kane does it. she yeah. she, you know, she was abused and she was, unnamed unwanted you know that she had a number next to her name when she was born you know and if you don't know her story you need to look her up but there's so many things that have happened to us or that we've brought on ourselves me i'm one of those i brought a lot of things on myself and when i look back whenever i was in the throes of addiction and enslaved it felt like the biggest mountain ever Mm -hmm. and i thought will this ever end like how can i get out of this and and then once i made it to the other side There was so much freedom, so Mm -hmm. much faith. I I was a whole new creation. And then guess what? Another mountain came along. Now, (laughs) this time I'm on the mountain, on the new mountain, but this time I'm sober, I'm more peaceful, I have joy. You know, I have a whole new set of friends. My life, I've got people speaking truth. So now I'm on this new mountain, but I got all these tools in place. And and now
1: I'm so thankful for that hopeless mountain I was on before. That is a very real thing for someone who's like an enthusiast and me, who's like this uh, hopeless or hopeful kind of romantic, you know, granola hippie, but still (laughs) super lipsticky, you know, all of these things (laughs) that are me that wants to see the silver lining and every single storm. It's all the journey, it's all about those tools, and it's all about knowing that um, victory is not just a concept, it's our destiny, it's our legacy. And so that's where we live.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and and I just want to say, too, in those hopeless days, keep stepping forward. Mm -hmm. Just take a step forward, no matter what. I know coming out of just a heavy depression that Mm -hmm. I was in um, due to a lot of the choices I had made, I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel that you mentioned earlier. But I had this one person in my life, and that goes back to that accountability, Mm -hmm. where she would tell me, talk to God about it, take one step forward today, just in the right direction.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Um, And so I would just keep stepping forward and those repeated forward steps mm-hmm. it was a long process right but eventually I started seeing a little bit of the light right and it felt good yeah and and you kind of talk about that you say in your book I will pray until the answer comes I will believe that the answer is on its way I will listen to the still small voice I will partner with God to fight my battles I will no matter what keep going mm-hmm You know, there's a saying in recovery that says, don't quit until the miracle happens. Yeah. Talk
1: to me a little bit about what you think about that. Most people do. They stop and they give up right before the breakthrough because that's when it's the hardest. Mm. So if you're living in the place where it's just really, really hard right now, I want you to know that you're not alone and we don't have everything figured out yet. No one does. It's just taking the next obedient step, period. You know, and knowing that that's progress and start celebrating the small things because obedience is never small to God. Just do the next right thing. The next right, right thing.
0: And, and I don't know about you, but everybody who I've ever talked to that has truly experienced such deep, powerful levels with God, it's been in the midst of mm-hmm. deep, trials and pain. Would you agree with that?
1: Yes, 100%. I think that pain produces really beautiful things in our lives if we are willing to face it instead of running from it and saying, I'm not going to be the victim. I'm going to be the girl that walks in victory. And I know that, you know, we're not talking about
0: perfection, talking about just being ourselves and being honest, really. That's one of the the main elements of the foundation of, of finding freedom is honesty you make a comment. You say, the messy real you is pretty spectacular. That girl who messes up and laughs at herself, be that girl. She's much easier to like. And you say, we grow by letting others into our lives, being vulnerable and asking important questions. And we've talked about that a little bit. I'm going to have to wrap this up, which I don't want to, because I have literally several pages of notes here about your book. I mean, Jennifer... There's so much truth just overloaded in your book. It's, it's ridiculous. I could do probably six more podcasts an hour long each, just camping out on such amazing, powerful truths that you share. But I want to end with this one. It's about freedom. And this is such a good point. You say, freedom is not about what we produce or achieve, but rather who we are becoming in Christ. Can you just expand on that as we close out today?
1: Um, we are in a culture that's all about success and all about producing, but really who we're becoming is the real highlight of our stories. Um, who we're becoming in the midst of pain and hard things and how we overcome and grow, that's the prize. If people really knew that they're the prize, like you are the answer to your own breakthrough, that's amazing. hmm
0: and, and I, I think success and what we achieve, at the end of the day, it really does not fulfill us. It doesn't. It's this internal work within us um, that is the most fulfilling, and, and that's where we experience God. So I really appreciate you hanging out with me today and doing this interview. I love to hang out with you anytime I can. And if someone wants to get a hold of your book, Freedom, The Gutsy Pursuit of Breakthrough and the Life Beyond It by Jennifer Renee Watson, how can they find you?
1: You can find me at Um, You can find the book online. Um, you can find it in stores at Barnes & Noble. Basically all the major retailers. It's just something that I really love the thought of it getting into the hands of people that need it just because it's been a powerful life truth for me and I just want to take everybody with me on this. Mm-hmm. I love
0: you and thank you again. What we're going to do coming up next is I want to leave you with the final brave word and challenge. And if you like listening to these podcasts, please subscribe, tell your friends about us, rate us, comment. And if you have a brave story that you want to share with me, somebody you think needs to be featured on The Brave Place, please email me at christy at org. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-Y at thebraveplace.org. And now for the final brave word and challenge. One of the many things I love about Jennifer is her warrior mentality as she faces her past, that inner mean girl in her trials head on. She truly understands which army she belongs to. She's not afraid to face it anymore because she knows deep within her heart who's got her back, and that's Jesus. There's one thing Jennifer said without any hesitation that sticks out to me above all else. When I asked her what her practical daily life looked like, her first response was two words, God dependency. Although only two words, it encompasses so much, doesn't it? What's that look like? Well, I believe it looks like a daily walk in humility, honesty, and surrender. It's seeking his will and desiring to obey the righteous words of God, knowing that despite how hard or impossible the circumstances may feel, the gutsy pursuit of breakthrough continues. God dependency is when you know his word is in your best interest. But not only that, you know that somehow through you walking out a life that is Christ-centered in the midst of your trial, that God is going to use it to testify of his goodness. So you trust him. You continue to prayerfully walk, taking the next right step. And I want to remind you, there's always someone watching as you walk through hard times. They want to know if this God thing you believe is real. And there's always someone who will want to hear your story of how God helps you break through. There's a message of hope inside all of us waiting to be shared with the world. And the hope seems to be the most powerful as it comes out of the trials we face. The hope is Jesus I can understand why Paul says he's learned to be content in any situation, and he even expresses gratitude for his trials because they are shaping him in the best ways. He knew God was going to use them for his glory. He also had an eternal mindset that I believe many of us are lacking today, to be quite honest. Let me read to you a few words from Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. A little further down, he says, we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And Peter also speaks to us about our trials when he says in 1 Peter chapter 1, Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials, these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Christ is revealed. I share those verses to remind you that like Jennifer said, what you're feeling and facing is temporary. It may feel endless, but it's not. And if you can hang on and stick with it, not quitting before the miracle happens, God will show up and he will use every bit of it for a greater purpose within you and beyond you. He is the God of healing and transformation and certainly, without a doubt, the God of hope. My brave challenge for you today has a lot to it. First of all, stop doing it on your own and seek a God-dependent lifestyle. Humble yourself in prayer and forgive others as Christ has forgiven you. And if you're harboring shame, let go. Christ took it with him on the cross. Don't take it back denying what he did for you. And like Paul says, take your thoughts captive and know the word so that you can discern between the lies and the truth. Surround yourself with godly people who call out that warrior within you and remind you of whose army you belong to. And if you have forgotten everything I have just said, try and remember this quote that I have stuck to my refrigerator that is from Jennifer's book. It says, the Holy Spirit will always be greater and more powerful than whatever tried to break you. Thank you all again for joining me for another episode of The Brave Place. And until next time, have a brave day.
1: Thanks for listening to The Brave Place, part of the KLRC Podcast Network.